friend, you're listening to Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. I have two really awesome, exciting guests today. I'm so excited to introduce them. Today with us, we have Sandy and Wade, who are both lifestyle entrepreneurs. They're married, by the way, they're a couple. They're lifestyle entrepreneurs residing in Orange County, California, and they are known but they've known each other their entire lives. They both left behind careers they weren't suited for and now have a multitude of thriving businesses, including an eight-figure per year network marketing business. They're co-founders of their own investment firm, and they're published authors of the number one journal for network marketers. That's pretty cool, you guys. And their very own podcast, Getting Magnetic with Sandy and Wade. I've listened. I love it. You guys have to go listen to Getting Magnetic. It is phenomenal. And Sandy and Wade love nothing more than empowering people to know that they can live the life of their dreams with vision and intentionality. And they have helped thousands of people do so through their work. And that is why I reached out to Wade and Sandy and I said, I love what you guys are doing. I love what you're up to. We're very much in alignment with our vision for the world. Please come and be guests on my show. So welcome. Thank you so much. We're super excited to be here. Yes. So excited to be here, Rachel and connect. Oh my gosh. Pumped. (laughs) Yay. Okay. Awesome. Well, to give guys a little bit of background on what we talked about before pressing record, I said something that's really unique about the two of you is that you do business together. You do life together as a married couple and you do business together, which I think brings a really unique um, perspective to business and entrepreneurship and just what you're doing to change the world together as a couple. So I would love to just get to know you guys a little bit, get to know your story and then get to know how you are shifting the planet. So Sandy, I'd love to start with you. You became an entrepreneur, but you weren't always an entrepreneur. So take us back to what you were doing before you decided to step into entrepreneurship. Mm, Yes. It's so interesting. Wade and I were talking earlier about being a born entrepreneur versus like stepping into that. And it's always been in my nature to be an entrepreneur. Like literally I have memories of being like an eight-year-old and like work in lemonade stands. And like, (laughs) like I was like, always like, Oh, I want to do my own thing. But I was like, how do you do this? Like in a bigger scale. You were a bomb babysitter. I know that. I was a bomb babysitter. (laughs) I would like make amazing flyers and like pass them out to all my neighbors. And like, I was like, okay, I don't want to go get like a job and have like a paycheck. Like I want to set my own hours. Like I want to decide if I'm going to work on a Friday or a Saturday or whatever. She's throwing up flyers. I bet the neighbors are like, you're 10. Like, you, are you even qualified? She's like, yeah, no, of course. I take care of my younger sister all the time. (laughs) I love it. That's a born entrepreneur right there. Yes. 
So it did start young, but then I feel like, you know, after college, like, I'm seeing all my friends and like what's normal and getting a job is like what felt like the right thing to do. So after college, I, um, I got into hospitality and I worked for the Ritz Carlton for a couple of years. And my dream was to become a wedding planner. And, um, that's a great fit for some people. And I was starting to step into some of that work and realizing like, gosh, this is really not as glamorous as I thought it was. And honestly, working for someone else is not a fit for me. Like I told you before we started recording, but like, I'm not afraid to work hard. I will work super hard for something that I love and that I'm passionate about. But I found, um, that I, I don't know, I guess I just didn't feel super appreciated. I didn't feel super like, cared for or like the bigger picture. Like I just felt like I was like a number amongst like hundreds or thousands of other employees that worked at this place. Right. And the Ritz Carlton is an incredible company. I'm not trying to say anything bad about them in particular, but what I realized is like, this is not a fit for me. Like I'm, I'm okay with like struggling and figuring it out and maybe being unemployed or having like odd jobs to make money here or there while I figure out what my thing is. But I don't think I can keep showing up like Monday through Friday, nine to five or something in exchange for a paycheck if I'm not passionate about it. So, um, eight years ago, my mom unexpectedly passed away and that like rocked my world. Like that really put life into perspective for me of like, wow, if I only live to be 49, like she did, you better believe I want to live a life full of purpose and a life full of making a huge impact and helping other people and waking up every day. Um, excited about what I'm doing. And I wasn't at the time. So, um, I decided to quit my job. I had no plan B, like, I guess I'm just a, a risk taker. <laughs> um, and I made a list of things that I enjoy. I was like, gosh, what do I like to do for fun? What do I do that fills my soul that brings me joy? And I saw this reoccurring thing of things like in health and in wellness in that like fitness space. And I was like, okay, I'm spending a lot of money at like juice bars and spin studios and like workshops, like mindset, like meditation. Like this is like all the types of things that I was in. And so I was 23 at the time when this happened. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to invest in a franchise and I'm going to purchase a, a franchise smoothie juice bar that's been around for a long time. And I'm just going to like give that place a facelift and I'm going to make it a fun vibe when you're in there. And I'm going to learn how to be an entrepreneur. And I thought it was going to be so much easier than it was. I was like, Oh, I'll pop in for like a couple hours a day. And then I'll like be at the beach all day. No, I was working like 14 hours a day. It was exhausting. Like <laughs> having employees and like managing inventory and all the things that go into running a brick and mortar is like so much work, but that's kind of like how it, my journey in like real world adult um, entrepreneurship started. Um, and I'm so grateful for it because I really feel like it showed me, it taught me a lot, but it also showed me like there's different types of entrepreneurship. Right. And that was one that I, that I didn't want to stay in for long. There's just so much risk and overhead with having a brick and mortar versus like an online business like you have. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like where it started for me. I remember watching, you know, entrepreneurship is glorious on Instagram, right? <laughs> and I remember seeing Sandy and being like, oh my gosh, it's Tuesday afternoon and like she's rollerblading the Dana Point Harbor. Like what? Is that what entrepreneurship is? Because I had, you know, a more typical or a corporate career. But what you realize, yeah, behind the scenes it is that those 14 hour days, it is taking time off when you want, but really pushing stuff forward and doing everything and being everything, especially in that setting it from the janitor to the CEO, to the owner, to everything in between. 
And I feel like that set you up though. Like it did. Again, mess becoming your message. Like it set you up to build and develop the skills of business ownership and leadership and entrepreneurship and realizing the pain points of, oh my gosh, babysitting teenagers who work for me and overhead and inventory and all this stuff is a pain point that I don't want to deal with anymore. Totally. You know what I love about this story is I think a lot of people discount themselves as entrepreneurs or they don't want to get into it because they have this idea that it is going to be so hard or this or that. But at 23 years old, you were like, I'm just going to go for it. And it taught you all these amazing, irreplaceable, invaluable life lessons. And that's what I see is you did it. You learned so much. And now you're able to apply that to something that you do love and is your passion. Totally. I feel like you need to like share the transition from, okay, brick and mortar, uh, turnkey franchise entrepreneurship into like a few other things into where you're at now. It's so empowering. Every time I hear it, I'm like, gosh, yeah. It's so funny when I tell the story, when I really tell any story, I always feel like I'm telling someone else's story because like a past life. Like you're like, wow, I I did all that. Um, Or like, what was I thinking when I was going through that? You know? So yeah, after four years of owning that, um, I feel like mine and Wade's love story is a whole nother, like we won't even fully go there, but um, Wade and I have known each other our whole lives. Um, our fam, our parents were family friends and we're three weeks apart. Our moms were pregnant with us at the same time. And so we literally have pictures of us as babies together. So mm-hmm. we've like always known each other. Um, really incredible love story. Um, but you know, when my mom passed away, Wade's family reached out to me a lot and we kind of like reconnected and, um, so it was crazy. Like while I was building that business, my love for Wade was starting to build, but like I'm living in California, he's living in Boston. And so we started this long distance relationship, you know, as I'm like going through this transition in my life and newly becoming an entrepreneur. And after four years of running it, I was like, wait, the most important thing in me to me in life is love. And I know that I love this man and I know that I want to spend my life with him and he lives 3000 miles away and this isn't going to work. So literally with, again, no plan, um, I sold my business. I moved across the country and started a life with Wade. And so there was a period where I felt like I like backtracked, like I didn't have a plan. So I was like, what do I do just to like, I'm not going to be a stay at home girlfriend. Like I need to make some money. So I was like, okay, like I'll waitress. Cause I'll we were like, only staying there for a year, right? Yeah. We were only going to yeah. live there for like a year before we moved back to California. So I'm like, okay, I'll waitress. I'll like nanny. I got a job at a software sales company and I had to do 175 cold calls a day. It was like the most soul crushing job of and it was all like a life. frat house, right? Like kegs oh and footballs God. and boys and like, you know, I was animal house females that worked there. <laughs> and it was just most of them are like 21 or 22 fresh out of college. I'm like 28. I've owned my own business. Like, I'm like, yo, what am I doing here? Like I've had to go through all those hard, awkward phases to like really appreciate, um, where I am now. And it's crazy. Cause that was only three years ago. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, like it's scary to think that really wasn't that long ago. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's like, that was a big chapter and transition. And then we moved back to California And I got my real estate license and I started dabbling in that and realizing, oh my God, this isn't a fit for me either. Like, am I ever going to find something that I love? And so if you're listening and you're maybe on this journey of trying to figure out like, what is my passion? Like, what am I good at? What am, what was I made for? What's my impact going to be? What's my legacy going to be? What am I going to be remembered for? Like, how am I helping other people? Like I was on that journey and literally it wasn't until I was 29 years old 
that I found what we're doing now and that I feel like I had to have all those experiences to really set me up and to show me like what I don't want, but also to have such deep appreciation for what we have now. So now, um, and it, it was not easy. It's been a lot of work, but now, um, we are network marketing professionals. We've built a health and wellness business in the network marketing space. And, um, that was also a huge learning curve and we're still learning every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, you know, in my story and listening, there's so many nuggets of just like, it's like, feel the fear and do it anyway. Like do things messy. You know, like my advice to people is like, you, you never know like how something's going to work out. Um, the how doesn't matter. Just know like why you're doing it and be rooted in that. And, and you will be guided. Like it may not be perfect. There will be so many surprises, I'm sure. But when you think about everything incredible that's ever been like invented in the world, like we were talking about this the other day, like whoever invented like airplanes, like that was someone's idea. Right. And had he listened to the naysayers, they listened to the naysayers and they listened to the people that told them like, Oh my God, that's not possible. There will never be a machine that will get people from point A to point B or fly over oceans. Like we wouldn't have the advancements in technology and in the world that we have. So know that like, sometimes you've got to be the dreamer. You've got to be the doer. You've got to lean in and like, I don't know. That's my share. I love your story. I just love, I see like, there's just this fierceness, like you're brave and you're bold and you just go for things all in all heart. I love that, Sandy. That's Thank you. Thanks for letting me share. I feel like I just shared like really long. <laughs> no, it was perfect. It was amazing. I wouldn't change a thing at all. I think that's all super valuable for people to hear and to know. I resonate a lot with your story of I did everything under the sun as people have heard me share many times. I did a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I did everything and nothing really felt right. And it took me until four years ago where I was like, Oh my gosh, this is it. This is the jam. And so that's what I heard is like, it's okay. Like keep going, keep trying, keep doing things like make mistakes. It's okay. Don't you think timing is a huge part too? Like if you think about like, you know, what happened in your life four years ago and like the opportunities that you stepped into, like, had that been introduced to you like 12 years ago, like, would it be what it is now? Like you had to probably like live life and go through things. And then the timing was right. And it was like, okay, like I got to trust this timing. Yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up, Sandy, because instantly what came to my intuition was it came to me at a time where I was really in a in a tight spot. There was a lot of pain points in my life. I was like, I'm stuck and I can't breathe and I can't take it anymore and I can't do it anymore. And like, literally that's when opportunities come and things yep. shift and life changes. Mm, I so believe that we always say there's always a dip before a pop mm. and same for us. Like when, when I entered network marketing, I was at a low point. Like I was like, I am so sick of trading time for money. I am so sick of you know, watching all my friends have amazing jobs and like travel all the time and make great money. And like, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, I think, you know, some people are driven by like pleasure and some people are driven by like pain. And for me, like I needed to be in that low point to be like, I am sick of this and I'm not living here anymore. And I'm willing to do anything it takes, even if I look like a damn fool, um, to get out of this space, you know, like pain really drives me. <laughs> and I think what, what I see, what I love hearing Sandy's story over and over. And what I see in it, it, like you said, Rachel, it is that fearless, like willing to take the risk and step out and do the thing because she was unwilling to live a life 
not filled with purpose and passion. And one of those driving points was, you know, losing her mom, not taking for granted life, not taking for granted each day. But I think the only thing certain in life, right, is change. And for things to change in our life, we have to make a change. And Sandy is one of those people that I've learned from and I've seen like she embraces change and is willing to step into that and is like, it's when we're just sitting there like hoping for change, but not changing anything in our life like that change is the only certain thing like things will change and we got to embrace that and run with it and use it to our advantage. Yeah, 100,000%. Yes, right on. So I want to, I want to pause your story, Sandy, because I know where there's a point here where you're going to go off and do full time entrepreneurship with Wade, but I want to rewind and find out Wade, where were you at the, all those years ago when you started talking to Sandy? Yes. Oh my gosh. Like Sandy said, the love story is a totally different episode, but you know, when we connected it, we were uh, long distance, we were across the country and we were in such different upbringings, such different places. Sandy, like she mentioned, was probably more of a born entrepreneur. I've always felt I was more, I'm more of a developed entrepreneur, but it was interesting. We talked to someone earlier today and he said, I think we're all born entrepreneurs. We're just conditioned in society to like take the route to like, what are we funneled into? And for me, I grew up in the Northeast and there, what I saw my conditioning or my perception was if I want to be successful, I got to go into business. I got to become a businessman. Okay, shoot. I'll go to business school. That's what I did. I got, I'll get an advanced degree. I'll get a master's degree in finance so I can get ahead. That's what I did. Shoot. I better use this master's degree and go into the finance world. Okay. That's what I did. Now I'm, I'm here. I'm young. I'm ambitious. I want to grow. My definition of success is I got to go make a lot of money, be a finance guy and make the six figures and live in the cool spots and drive the cool cars and all those things. Like that's, that's was my definition of success. So put my head down, worked hard um, and did that. And five, you know, five years in started to get that inkling like, whoa, okay, now I'm a VP of, at this finance firm. I'm making the six figures. I'm living in the penthouse downtown. I'm driving the sports car. I'm doing the things. This is success, right? I've arrived at where I wanted to be. Why don't I feel like happy or fulfilled? I wasn't depressed, but it was that Tony Robbins always said, if you're not growing, you're dying. I, I was growing in my career, but there was this level of complacency because I was like, gosh, I'm just building someone else's dream, his equity, his business. He tells me when I have to be at work. He tells me how much vacation I get per year. I'm not especially passionate about moving money around and what I do. Um, I don't hate it, but it doesn't drive me. I'm really just doing it for the paycheck. I'm waiting for the weekend. And now I'm mapping this out. I got to do this for like a few more decades until I'm like 60 and I get to quote unquote retire. What is retirement? stopping doing something so you can like live the rest of your life. Like obviously retirement means I didn't want to do what I was doing. And it totally shifted the paradigm for me. Like, whoa, I like the traditional model is broken. Like go to school, get the job, climb the corporate ladder, have the 401k retire. Like I was like, I can't do that. So I started to remodel like who are people that are living a life that I want to live. I started to study successful people. And that was a big shift for me. I started to listen to podcasts, dive into personal growth, read books, ask people questions, meet people, network. And I saw a lot of them, they had freedom and autonomy over their life. They were happy because they had a level of freedom. And then I realized a lot of them were entrepreneurs. They probably worked harder than I did 
and harder than almost every employee, but it was for something they were passionate about, a purpose they felt instilled in their life to move towards. And they had freedom to work when they want, where they want, how they wanted. And there was exponential growth like involved. So <laughs> it was actually a magnetic story. I'm headed back from a business trip from New York to California. At that point, I lived with Sandy. And I was listening to this podcast and this guy, Nick Unsworth was on. I was like, I like this guy. He's, there's something about him. He's energetic. And I got to connect with him. I looked him up. He was in San Diego. He was actually putting on an event. And the last day of the event was that day. I was flying into San Diego on a red eye. I went right into the event and met him on the final day of the event. And I was like, I don't even fully grasp what you do. I, you're like a business coach or a life coach or something. But like, I really like what you do teach me what you do. And you go, okay, you got to hire me. I was like, okay, done. I get home like, babe, I'm hiring a coach. And it's this much dollar. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're like three months from getting married. No, Don't we were like two weeks or, from getting married. Sorry, two weeks from getting married. <laughs> Don't drop this on me. Yeah, you're right. Two weeks. And she's like, can we, can this wait till after the wedding? So I was like, I, I was always, you know, uh, not a risk. Like I would calculate things. I was rational. I was logical. I went the corporate route, the finance route. I had the safety and security and the benefits so and all the things. This like was very out of character for you to be like, right. I'm spending like tens and thousands of dollars in this. I was like, we can do that. That's fine. But like, we're going on our, we're getting married and we're going on our honeymoon. And then we'll talk about this after. But it was that first <laughs> glimpse of like that passion, that spark, that like, I'm, I want to do this. Like that entrepreneurship, that risk taking, that what Sandy has shown it in throughout her life. And I was super passionate about it. And we went, we got married. We went on our honeymoon. Oh my gosh, best moments ever. And when I got back, I hired, hired Nick and Life on Fire. And that is actually how Rachel and I connected yes. um, through that company. And that was like the beginning. That was the beginning of developing myself into the person I wanted to become. And I knew I needed to become and that I knew there was inside of me. I didn't know what I was going to do, how I was going to do it. I knew I wanted to impact people, create change in people. And I didn't exactly know how, but I started to take the steps and I started to learn. And I thought it was going to look different than it is now. I thought I was going to go start my own business. I started coaching people in business and life and health and all these different things. And I realized what Sandy was doing in her health and wellness business in her network marketing space was she was a business coach. She was a health coach. And she was leveraging herself. She was creating basically coaches to do what she did. So her impact was way bigger than mine, was leveraging. And we saw an opportunity to partner together and do it together. So I just kind of took what I was doing, partnered with Sandy, and that was a couple of years ago. And it's enabled us, you know, by leaning into it, by becoming those people, you know, we feel like we needed to be to walk away from real estate for Sandy and finance for me and just do this together full time. And it's opened so many doors for us to create other things and meet amazing people and connect with you, Rachel, and be on podcasts and all these things. And it's, it's just incredible what a few years of focus can do and just deciding to take a bet on yourself can do. I love that. I love it. It's so true. Just what I heard from your story, Wade, was you're listening to the unhappiness. It's like, this doesn't bring me joy. This isn't my passion. What is? And you went through your own journey of seeking and finding just like Sandy did, just like I did. And I think just like any entrepreneur that's kind of a found entrepreneur or a learned entrepreneur, as you said, or someone that's figuring it out later in life, you just have this moment where you're like, yeah, this isn't it. It's something else. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what, but 
it's something else. It's, and if I have to create it myself, then damn it, I'll create it myself. I feel like every entrepreneur, every success, everything in life, like can come back to a decision, like a decided moment. Sandy and I call it a decided heart, but like you can look back when you decided to do something, anything like great you've accomplished in your life. I bet there was a decision. You're like, I've had enough of this. This is what I'm doing. Or I've had enough of feeling like crap. I'm going to go get healthy and you lose 80 pounds or whatever it is, like different things in your life. There was like that decision that drives you. You can look back to that. I see that in so many, so many stories. Yes. I love it. I, I've, I have a burning question. I'm very curious to know. So Sandy was doing this, doing network marketing, and then you were doing kind of more coaching and business mm -hmm. coaching. Whose idea was it to join forces? Great question. I would say it was like a mutual thing that we, we've, it's funny when I owned my juice bar franchise, Wade was like, let's get 10 of them. Like he wanted to like, I always wanted to work with Sandy. It was a dream. And then when I was in real estate, he's like, I'll get my license too. And we'll start our brokerage and we'll be like the couple in orange County that can help people buy and sell their businesses. I'm like, awesome. And then I get in network marketing and he's like, Oh, this is like kind of for girls. I'm like, no, I was like, this is wait, wait, no. hold on, hold on. I was like, this is an amazing business model. Cause my business brain, I looked at it. I was like, babe, this is, yeah. What you put into this, you'll get out of it. And she took it and ran with it. But all I saw was women around her and in the community. And I, I didn't see myself. So I was scared. I was like, this is for you though. Yeah. So, um, every single day for six months, the first six months I business, I told him, babe, you're my number one dream teamer. You would be amazing. We could be a power couple. We could do this together. And he's like, I will always support you. Like you are amazing. And it wasn't till, um, he came to our global training conference and his vision was like exploded. And then he was like, oh, I'm all in. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I actually partnered with you a few months before that, but I want to, I want to speak to that. So great question, Rachel. And Sandy, you're right. It was both of us. Cause I had this burning desire to do something together. Like I wasn't passionate about owning uh, juice franchises or building a business brokerage. Um, but I, I knew those things and I felt like I could do it and we could leverage it together. Cause I always felt we were more powerful together than we were individually, but she's right. I was scared when she started the, her network marketing business. Cause it was women. Like I didn't see myself, but six months, what you realize is sometimes you just need someone to believe in you. And beyond that paint the vision for you of what your life can look like if you're willing to commit to it and if you're willing to do the work and grow into that person that they see inside of you and so sandy does a very good job she did a good job like painting that vision like we can do this together like i know there's not a lot of views but there's none of us's and what if we paved the way so i started to reshape my mindset like what if me being, you know, one of the few guys wasn't a bad thing? What if that was like an opportunity? We, Sandy and I have reshaped like words are so powerful, right? We don't use weaknesses. Like we don't feel like we have weaknesses and that's not to brag. It's to say like we have opportunities for growth. When Sandy's like, Wade, as a husband, you have an opportunity to grow here. Put your laundry away or something like that <laughs> instead of like a weakness. But I, I reframed it to what if it's an opportunity to blaze the trail to go first and, and maybe inspire one other person who relates to my story. What if it's an opportunity to, to unite with Sandy and we can do way more work. We have exponential power together than we do individually. So I reluctantly scared, did it scared, hopped in, started. And then two months later, we were at the global training conference and it was just vision casting again, someone painting that vision for me. And it was all in from there.
I love it. I love it. Sandy, are you like in agreement? You're like, yeah, that's, that's it. Or do you have a different perspective on how? It <laughs> oh, I totally agree. But you know, what's funny when he partnered with me, he still was balancing his full-time job in finance. He was still a VP for finance and he was helping me. Um, like we were partnered in the business as well, but I felt like I was doing the business like 90% of the time. And he would like, I don't want to say get his leftovers, but like <laughs> he, his main priority was his nine to five. And, um, I think sometimes I think it'd be powerful for you to share the story about being like pushed out of the nest. Oh yeah. But sometimes, um, we get forced into situations, a situation that you can look at that's like, oh my God, what are we going to do here? And for us, it was like this beautiful transfer transformative time in our business, mm. but I would love for you to share the story about you leaving corporate. Super empowering. Yeah. So it was, there's going to be busy seasons in, in life, right? Like life is a marathon filled with a bunch of sprints. It's just a bunch of sprints like over and over, not to say you'll be sprinting every day of your life, but it's many sprints that add up to a marathon. And that season of like working, this is like a full-time demanding finance career sometimes working on the weekends, like it's, it's pretty demanding, a lot of mental energy. And I would wake up at 5am because I was working on the East Coast, get to work like right away. And I'd finish earlier, like then five or six usually, but I would go right into building the business with Sandy. So I would, I would finish, I might get a workout in and then I would go to events every night. It felt like almost like four or five nights a week. So it was just nonstop. But it was amazing because it was like I was forged in fire there. I was just starting and like, oh my gosh, if I can do this, what, geez, what can I do? It felt like that. And I had this plan. I had told my company like, okay, I'm building something else. But it was so comfortable. I was so grateful for dual incomes. I was like, gosh, we're building this amazing business and asset. And I get this also. And so I was like wanting to hang on to it because it was safety. It was security. And I told them, I'm going to leave by this date. But then that day gets there and I'm like, ah, no, I'll stay. Let's keep it going. And it was so safe and comfortable. And like I was expressing gratitude for it. And then I got to a point where I wasn't as grateful for my, for my job, for my nine to five. I wasn't as grateful for that. It wasn't, you know, and then I submitted like some proposal to keep working. And I remember it, it was, it's a total just divine moment, getting magnetic to it, whatever. I knew I should just take the leap and jump into full-time entrepreneurship with Sandy, but it was too, I was in, I was still in my comfort zone a bit. I had one foot in the comfort zone and one foot out. And Sandy and I did like an opportunity overview and I was super passionate about what we were doing at that point. And she put it on LinkedIn for her network to it was see. It like a recorded video. It was a recorded video. It was pretty epic. We were pretty fired up about it. And she was like, hey, will you like it? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I hit like, didn't know LinkedIn's algorithms, blows out to my whole network, Wall Street, lawyers, bankers, everyone, my whole finance world. So I basically get a call the next day and they're like, Wade, this is, this is HR. Um, we, this call is being recorded. We, we need to let you go effective immediately. You need to put your, to like have your stuff in blah, 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 blah. So basically I was like ready to take the leap and I had one foot on the edge of the cliff. Like, hmm, should I take it yet? No. And then I just get pushed off. And they were like, you can't work here anymore. And then they went off the record. They're like, we saw the video. How are you a VP at this other firm? I'm like, no, no, you don't get it. It's a business I'm building after hours. So that's a whole nother story. But moral of the story is I needed to be pushed off the ledge because then I'm, oh my gosh, full-time entrepreneur. Here we go. I got to find my wings or else I'm going to fall, right? So 
pushed off the cliff fall and you hit rocks on the way down. Right. But eventually you stay committed and your wings open up. So it was like kind of rocky at first. I'm like, Whoa, how, babe, what do I do every day, day in, day out? How do you be an I entrepreneur? When you asked me that. He was like, so what do you do every day? <laughs> <laughs> Fair question. <laughs> yeah. But I needed to be pushed and sometimes we're pushed and sometimes we just jump. Sandy has made more of a history of jumping off the cliff. I had to be pushed in that moment, but at the end of the day, you find your wings. Yes. Wow. That's so powerful. I was like, what? They, they just let you go out of the blue. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you, I would have been so scared and like you had alluded to also so grateful, right? Because it's like, okay, if there wasn't a clearer message than there is now, I hear it. Yep. <laughs> totally. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's fantastic. So I know we're getting close to the end, but I'd love to know what, what is it like to work together and how do you, how do you guys communicate when you have a little bit of miscommunication or maybe a conflict around how to handle a situation? How do you do conflict resolution together as partners and as business owners and as husband and wife? Oh, so much to unwrap there. Yeah, there's a lot. You want to start? Say, I love working together. I feel like our life is so in alignment. You know, when Wade worked a corporate job and I was dabbling other jobs or whatever, like when I reflect in years past, I felt a disconnect because um, like the weekends were amazing and the nights were, you know, nice. I'd get like an hour or so before bed with him, but I often felt disconnected because I'm like, what was your day like? And I love details, right? Like, I'm like, okay, what happened at work? Like, what did that one person say back to that email or how did that conversation go? Or like, what did you listen to on your way to work? Like, I wanted to know everything about his day and like fill me in on the gaps. And now when I think about it, like we, we spend pretty much all day together. Mm -hmm. Like we do everything together and I feel so much more aligned, like in life, in business, like on our goals, on like kind of our mission in life and um, where we're headed and what we want to build. And so I would say um, constant communication is key. Like we have a weekly meeting, we call it our Critities Connection, that's our last name. Um, and we have a whole forum that we go through that's basically touching base, like personally, like we start with our marriage, right? Like, how am I doing as a wife? How am I doing as a husband? Like, do you feel loved and adored? Like we have like a whole template that we go through and then we break it down by each business because we have to compartmentalize each sector of our business. So, because there's weekly updates, there's daily updates, there's hourly updates on all the different things that we're managing. And so it's kind of having constant communication and we kind of have this agreement that we don't like bring things that upset us up outside of that meeting. Like you kind of like you store it up here. And then if it's like, Hey, I know we were gonna have our critics connection on Friday, but we, we need to actually have it today. <laughs> That's fine. Like we can always like pivot and do things, but we try to reserve like those more serious conversations or things that we need to work through for that meeting. So it doesn't feel like we can just like throw jabs or like work through things like 24 seven. And instead it's kind of like during this meeting time, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, I love, love it. it. I, I think the biggest thing for us working together, you know, when you, you get married, you, you're getting married and you're committing to like, I want to build a life with you. And, but then what oftentimes happened and what was happening with us, like, okay, you go off on your career. I'll go off on mine. That's like the majority of our week, Monday through Friday, we'll have, you know, some time to dinner and Netflix and chill and whatever, but like, it's kind of separate. And so what we realized and why I had the, the passion for just finding out how to work with Sandy was 
aligning on life. So everything now feels aligned. Like Sandy said, that alignment now, like we have a vision for our life that's aligned, that's together. And we worked towards the same things, like building our businesses together towards it. And is it easy? No, it's not easy, but is it worth it? Yes, for sure. Because of that alignment, that shared vision and we feel like we're better and more powerful together and we feed off each other. Like Sandy has different strengths than I have strengths. So I make sure like I know Sandy's strengths. So I'm like, what can I take off her plate to just empower her into her strengths? Like, I almost feel like that's probably one of my strengths is just like, let me make sure she's just working in her, you know, genius zone because she's a very powerful being. And like, let's let that, you know, let's empower that. But like Sandy said, it is that communication and it is that, I've realized structure creates freedom in a sense. And that's that Crediti's connection for us. Like entrepreneurship is freedom, but if you don't have structure systems in place, certain things like how to communicate, how to deal with things, then there will be falter. And we're lifelong learners. Like my grandma stressed for us to go to um, premarital counseling. We were like, grandma, we're great. We don't need counseling, but we realized, oh my gosh, that's, we went for her. And that set up a foundation for us. And we continually challenge ourselves to hire coaches, to go to therapy if we feel like we need it, to do hypnobirthing for our pregnancy and like do things that align together to build our mindset, to build towards the vision we have for our life. Yeah. I love it. Just being a constant student and what more can I learn? That's such a gift that that's what I want people to walk away with mindset wise is You don't need to know everything. You have to be on a journey of growth mindset and it'll work out the way it's supposed to. Mm. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I know we're running out of time. I want to ask one more question or maybe two. So just quick, like what is one advice that each of you would give for somebody that's thinking about becoming an entrepreneur? Mm. Wow. I would say... I have so many things I could say, but I would say I want you to believe that you can because honestly, I think about this every single day. I am literally the ordinary girl that decided to go for it. I don't have any special degrees. I don't have, I never had impressive grades. I never had like a super impressive job. I never made a whole lot of money. Um, And I really feel like if you believe that you can do something, you can, like if you think that you can, you're right. And if you think that you cannot, you are right. And so the hardest thing you're going to want to work on is your mindset and building that belief and building that muscle. One of the first books I read um, as I was transitioning from real estate into network marketing was You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero because I didn't believe that I was a badass at making money. I didn't even believe I was a badass, period, right? (laughs) And so I was like, I need to work on my mindset. I need to work on my belief. Like I want the life that I see these people living but I don't know if I'm good enough for it. I don't know if I'm smart enough for it. I don't know if I'm like them. And so I want to empower you to know that you can do it. I was not born better at entrepreneurship than you are. If I can do this, you can do this. You just have to lean into that and know that you can and know that every single day you're going to doubt your abilities because I still doubt my abilities and have imposter syndrome every single day, but it's constantly working on that muscle and that belief. And it's really just like, every single day, ask yourself, like, what have I done today to build my belief? What have I done today to, um, like work on myself and my mindset and, and develop and become like an inch better than I was yesterday. Mm. Yeah. That is so good. Yeah. The belief is everything. If you believe you can, you're right. If you believe you can't, you're right. Right. Uh, who said that Ford? 
Um, I think for me, where my mind goes is just start, right? The best time to start a business was yesterday. And the next best time is like right now in this moment or become an entrepreneur or start the podcast, become a coach, whatever it is that's on your heart. But beyond that, like a how-to, I think it's think about that you as that person that you want to be, that you want to become, that the coach, the entrepreneur, the whatever. Think who is that person? Like have the vision for it. What are the qualities? What do you do? How do you act? What is the millionaire version of you do? And then just become that person. And it's obviously it's not like an overnight thing, but just decide I'm gonna start living into who that person is. So who you become is everything along the way. Like your business will never outgrow you. So become the person first and your business, everything else will catch up to that. So think about your identity and, and what that looks like and how to mold that really what I believe is who you surround yourself with. Like Sandy said, those beliefs surround yourself with the entrepreneurs, people who are doing things that you seek to do, read the books, listen to the podcasts, like do the things, be in the networking groups, whatever it is. Like when you're surrounded by that, it's, it rubs off, right? It's contagious. It's like, I remember one of our mentors, Rita Davenport, early on, she was just starting her career and she was at this dinner table, all these successful people. And this guy was asking her like, Rita, I, I like your style. Like, let's talk money. Like, what do you, what do you want to make? And she's like, she had very humble upbringing in Tennessee. And she was like 50,000. He was like, and this is like three, three deck, 30 years ago. Yeah. And he was like 50,000 a month that's solid. There's a good start. And she's like, in that moment, she's like, I meant per year, but in that moment, my vision got stretched so far just by that being around that one person. She's like, Whoa, there are ways to make 50 grand a month. Okay. And this guy believes I can. Okay, here we go. And she started to raise her vision. So become that person, evaluate your identity. Like who do you want to be? Just decide to become them and, and everything else will follow. Wow. I love that. Thank you guys so much for coming. I know my listeners want to know how they can find you. So where can they go to get connected with you? Mm. I feel like the best way, honestly, is probably Instagram. Probably. We're very active on Instagram. You can find me at sandyclaws7. And, you and can find me at Wellness with Wade. We also have a website, sandyandwade.com. And we also have a podcast called Getting Magnetic. It's on every major platform. Um, getting magnetic with Sandy and Wade. And we talk all things like entrepreneurship, love, sex, finances. Like we go on, there's no topics we don't talk about. So um, yeah, you can find us in any of those places. Awesome. Thank you both so much for coming. This has been so fun to, to catch up, to hear your story. We really appreciate all of your words of wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you for having Thank us. you, Rachel. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.